Iowa everywhere. Um, we'd love to tell you what this podcast is about, but the truth is, we don't know. The CW Pod, at home on Iowa Everywhere. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed, seedsmanship at work. All right, guys, and welcome to a new episode of the CW Podcast here. We're a little weekend edition And as you've come to know uh, with this show over the last few weeks, we don't ever really know which direction I'm going to go, but we do things that I'm passionate about and things that I think are fun. And I also want to highlight cool Iowans. Um, And we're doing a lot of that today. I want to thank our sponsor, Circa Sports. Uh, Download that Circa Sports app and uh, get your your baseball betting. I like to do the uh, NASCAR betting myself. I feel like there's a ton of value in there I, I i'm on a hot streak too i got a knock on wood i've picked like four nascar winners this year which is really 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 difficult to do so i'm probably would be better off just not betting again the rest of the season uh, i want to introduce my guest today it's a guy who i'm meeting for the first time right now and we actually were starting to talk before this thing and i was like okay we just got to press play <laughs> Because we're gonna we're gonna use up all the good stuff. But he's a guy who we have a similar background. He was a we'll have to talk about being a Keith Murphy intern. Um, he worked. Uh, who, are, were you Hassel's intern? Yeah, essentially. I mean, that's oh how my I got god. my internship. There was through Chris. Oh my god, you poor yeah. bastard! Poor <laughs> bastard. His name is Blake Anderson, and uh, Blake is. I, you know, it's a, it's a job that I always tell Chris, Blake has, like, my dream job. So I always just wanted to be in racing. That's all I – I kind of just fell into the Iowa State thing in Cycle and Fanatic. That was never my – I was going to go to Iowa State, and then uh, my plan was to go off to Charlotte or Daytona and work in racing in some capacity, and it it never really happened for me. Uh, here I am doing the Iowa State thing, and then and – then, Blake's a Iowan who gets to work in racing full time, and I'm I'm very envious of you, Blake. I've enjoyed watching your career blossom, and uh, I love now that we have all this great technology. I could watch you call races on on Flow all the time. So, real quick, ha- d- describe your job to our listeners here who may not know who you are and what you do. So, I work for the All Star Circuit Champions. We're the oldest touring 410 wing sprint car series in the country founded in 1970 and they raced for a couple years and then the oil crisis hit and they didn't restart until 1980 so a little bit older than the world of outlaws actually kind of the original touring wing sprint car series is what we say and i i call all all of our races we travel i think we're at 12 or 13 states this year we're a little we're a little lighter on the schedule this year we're 50 some odd races this year i think we're at 51 now last couple years we've been over 60 but uh, I do all of our announcing and then our marketing behind the scenes, a little bit of our website stuff. But a lot of my day to day is interacting with all of our partners with the all stars. And we've got a lot of great partners. And as you know, well, on the Cyclone Fanatic side and your racing background, it's hard to do anything in our sport without having partners. And they allow us oh, to do yeah. a lot with our our points fund has really grown the last couple of years. Our series champion gets eighty thousand dollars, which when we got the series, when Tony bought it, that's when I bought or started when Tony Stewart bought the series in 2015, 
our series champion got $35,000. So it's a, it's been a nice increase. And I feel like the last couple of years, we've started to kind of reap the rewards of all that hard work that we put in in 2015, 16, 17. Well, I bought the video game. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, bought the video game. That's you in the video game, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. A, that was very interesting to to sit in a studio with these guys and just do lines and read them over and over and over. Oh, yeah. That I've I've heard that and I've always I I've read pieces on like when the old NCAA football like bringing Brad Nessler in and and having him do that for like days at a time. How many days did it take to do the video game? It was two days of, I mean, it was this thick of, hey, I need, okay, you need to read this line and put more emphasis here. It was interesting. That's I never cool. thought I'd get to do a video game, but here we are. Yeah. Well, it's, it was a great game. I, I've, I've since moved on. Um, I, I conquered that one. I was an Outlaws champion. Or not Outlaws. I was the All-Star champion. And then um, now I'm on that Outlaw, um, Outlaw game? late model game. That's like the... That's it's just it's the same game as you guys had though. Like everything's yeah, they, the exact same. The same people made it. They just oh, got okay. bought by iRacing, so then they had a partnership with the Outlaws through iRacing. I've got it. I haven't installed it yet because my Xbox only allows me to have like three games on it because I didn't know what I was buying when I got it. And I got the small uh-huh. memory one, so yeah. I need to get a new one eventually. So yeah, we'll we'll get into our racing disciplines and stuff because I'm a late model nut. You're a sprint car nut. We. Those two, there's a little bit of a friendly friendly rivalry between the two types of cars. Uh, but so, where did where did you're a big Hawkeye fan? Yep. I know that. Where did you grow up? How did you meet Hassel? How did you kind of get into this world? I grew up in Newton, so just not too far from where you are, actually. Okay, and that's where I graduated. I graduated in 2008. Went to DMAC and Boone, and that's kind of where my connection to racing lies. Is Boone? My dad grew up in Boone, and that's where Boone Speedway is. So. I grew up going to Boone Speedway pretty much every Saturday night. Marshalltown every Friday night, Boone every Saturday. Dad was at the first race at Boone back in 1967, and we had a car dealership in the family, and they sponsored a car out there that raced at, at Boone Speedway each week. So, I I mean, I, at heart, I'm a modified guy, late oh, models. Okay. I, I really love that. I just happen to kind of – I say – I joke with – the flow late model people i found the light and moved to sprint car racing <laughs> i give them a hard time but i mean shoot i'm working two late model races next week but where are you uh, at next week we are at eldora and brownstown in indiana with flow racing night in america oh that's amazing so, so you'll be I, in marshalltown coming up here before yep, too long yep marshalltown yeah. davenport next month i i kind of feel like i was just kind of a little ahead of my time because if i i would have just killed for the opportunity that the flow guys and like with dirt on dirt, like that technology, I was about 10 years ahead of that when I was announcing races. So what I was doing was I was PA at Adams County and Corning. I did pit reporting mostly actually. And then I did twice a week out in, um, I 80. Oh yeah. I've been out there. They're they're closed now. The Kaziskis were my bosses. And then, I would always do just like I'd always get a random race like where I, they'd pick me up and they'd call me. And then I also was doing guy I'm sure you know Toby Cruz. Oh, Toby's my mentor. One of them. The, I mean, there you go. Me, me and going. him did this show on MediaCom that lasted. It didn't <laughs> last very long. It was this terrible show, like trying to do what you guys are doing on Flow now. But we were like, the technology again just wasn't there where we would basically take like a tape of like a national modified race and we would call the race like from the studio. 
Okay. And they called it, God, what was the <clears throat> name of the show? It was like Midwest Speed Zone or something. It was just I awful. vaguely remember that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I was that that was like me kind of trying to cut my teeth, and I know how hard this world that you're in is to get into. So, how do you meet Tony Stewart? How do you get this gig? So I was when I through high school or at the end of high school, I started announcing at Boone when I was a sophomore in high school. They had an opening, and my dad made me take it reluctantly. I was like, I don't want to do this, and he made me do it. <laughs> That's awesome. So I started announcing there when Toby was actually working for IMCA at that point. So he was traveling a lot. So I was working with Denny Grabenbauer a lot, who's a fantastic announcer. And he and Toby, in my opinion, are two of the best together. Yeah. And Toby would be there every couple of weeks. And I was just calling the dwarf cars. And at that time, they were called front wheel drives. The Hornets now are sport compacts that IMCA calls oh, yeah. them. And I ended up getting a gig at Knoxville my freshman year of college and announced at Knoxville for I was there for four years with a year at USAC in between when I was in college and moved down to Charlotte. And through those years, I got to know Roger Slack very well, who was the promoter at Eldora Speedway for Roger was there for nine years, I want to say. And I was working for the World of Outlaws in in their office, just a marketing job right out of college. My first job out of college. I wasn't hardly doing any announcing. And I was actually with my parents in Wisconsin. We'd gone to the Big Ten tournament in Chicago to watch mm-hmm. Iowa lose in the first round, as they usually did there for <laughs> the longest time. So <laughs> and, uh, for a while, yeah. My, my parents were moving to Wisconsin. Dad took a new job, so they're looking at houses. And Roger Slack calls me and says, hey, Tony just bought the Owl Stars. They got a marketing job, an announcing job. You really need to go interview for this job and give it a look. And I did. And when I took it, I got ended up getting the job in 2015. I said, I'll do this for a year or two, and then I'll move back down to Charlotte, get back into the NASCAR side of things, and here we are. This is our ninth season with the series, and I'm still sitting here doing it. I get it, though, because you kind of you become immersed in it. It becomes part of you. Mm-hmm. Like you put Absolutely. so many hours, and I don't think that most, probably most of our listeners to what we're doing here probably understand the windshield time and just everything that goes into what you do. Yeah, it's a, there are days where you just, oh, man, I got to drive eight hours today or, you know, yeah. nights where you got to drive three hours to your hotel to get six hours of sleep and then get up and drive another couple hours to your racetrack. And in between that, I got to find time to do notes for our broadcast the following night. So I sound like I know what I'm doing. And there's no private jet. Tony doesn't give you no, a private jet. He, he did. For, he does. And I flew in on it a couple times. And then we, when he was when he was racing sprint cars. And then we got a pace truck, and I started to have to drive the pace truck to the racetrack, which worked out okay. It's better than driving my own car. Yeah, that's not a bad gig. Yeah, no, that's not a bad. That's not a bad deal. What What's he like behind the scenes? Because we all know Tony is this gruff. You know, he actually wrecked me in a go kart. Yeah, <laughs> really. I have. That's, I have. That's actual, surprising. I have footage on YouTube. It was the Knoxville did a deal where they had yeah. like a, like a celebrity deal out at the dirt track. The, the slideways. slideways. I was probably announcing that. Oh, I did okay. that for years. Yeah, I got the worst car. Okay, and I'm not <laughs> even making it up. Like I got the single worst car out there, and I was so excited. Like all these people out there, they they didn't even know what they were doing. Like their media outlet just made them go to this thing. For me, this was my opportunity. Okay. Like Kyle Larson's there, Jeff Gordon's. This is my opportunity to show these guys what I can do. And I got the worst car. And I don't think Tony liked that I cut him off. And he literally, I saw that look in his eye. He looked at me, t- 
turned into me and spun me out. I have it on YouTube. It's one of the highlights of my life. At least you didn't get the helmet thrown at you. You got that going for you. That got brought up this past weekend at Bristol. But, oh, he's great. I mean, he kind of lets us do our own thing. He kind of has always told us, hey, we hired you to do a job. If you're not hearing from me, that's probably good. And he's pretty busy now with his NHRA stuff, with the drag racing, now, especially now that he's not only owning the team, but he's doing some top alcohol stuff as well. Mm-hmm. We hear from him occasionally. I was texting with him the other day, but usually when I text it with him, it's about his cars and about what he's what he's getting. I bother him about what car he's buying. I but love it. I love he's, it. He's love good stuff. Gearheads. Yeah, he. What an icon. I mean, that's that's cool. I don't think I could work for Tony Stewart because I would just be awestruck all the time. I, I always tell him that he was he was one of my favorite drivers growing up. He wasn't my favorite NASCAR driver, so I always tell him he is my second favorite NASCAR driver. <laughs> Let him know. Just not so, quite good enough to be my favorite. What I admire about you is I got burnt out from that lifestyle, and I didn't even do it to the extent that that you do. I mean, I was just a college kid and running around the Midwest in the summers, and it just, you know, I, I got burnt out because I had been turned down by so many entities mrn prn nascar yep. like i tried to get internships um and i just i kept getting turned down and a lot of times i would get frustrated because i knew my credentials were totally worthy but the fact again you got to realize blake i was a white guy back in the drive for diversity and all that yeah. i had no chance at a lot of these things and it's great because the sports come such a long way i'm not and i landed on my feet but it started to really take away my love of auto racing and that's when i just quit doing it i just said i'm gonna be a fan of racing and i, I regret it to a point because i love there's nothing like the feeling of calling a race yeah like Play-by-play of of racing is just different than anything else because of all the variables that you get to pay attention, especially with what you're doing in in sprint car racing. I mean, I I have a feeling from a guy who's done it to another one, like you just come alive and nothing else matters once they throw the green flag. That's absolutely right. And I I hear you on the getting burned out side of things. I mean, that's kind of where – I was getting that way when I moved to Charlotte as I was trying to find a job in racing. I mean, when I moved to Charlotte, pretty much the only reason I moved to Charlotte, I was mad at my parents at the time because I was announcing at Knoxville and I wanted to finish the season after I graduated college. And my parents were like, you're not going to find a job in racing sitting in Des Moines, Iowa, sending applications. It's just going to get filed away. So they moved me to Charlotte. And, and they were right. It, it, exactly. And I, and I had some connections down there through some sprint car people and I got a good deal on a house. My, my good friend, he he had a house down there from when he raced some Xfinity stuff and had moved back to Indiana to do some USAC stuff. So he let me rent a room at his house, which was very, very good. And, but they were right. And I got down there and I've never been really depressed, but man, when you're down there for eight months trying to find a job and you just get turned down time after time, after time, after time, after time, it starts to get the point where you're like, man, what am I doing down here? I'm just, am I not worthy? Exactly. Like you were saying, I was burned out. I started to yeah. kind of not care. And then, I, I just so happened to get the right break at the right time, and that's all that it that's all all it takes in this sport. You just got to get your foot in the door. Yeah, and, and it's not easy. You get that opportunity, you got to prove that you're a hard worker and you're trustworthy, and and you've obviously done that, being that you've almost been here for for ten years. Do you um, do you 
when you're driving from town to town, um, do you ever, I don't know, look around and be like, uh, do I want to, I, I, I know you're happy, but I, I guess it, it can oh. be like, I, again, like my, my deal was different. Cause it was like, I was getting like 75 bucks a night and then it didn't even cover my gas half the time. This is yeah. your full-time career, but it, it can be lonely on that road. Yeah. Absolutely. There are times where you're like, I just, man, do I just take a job at back in Des Moines, move back home, <laughs> announce Saturday nights. games. Exactly. I move, announce Saturday nights at Knoxville Raceway, get football season tickets and, and go to Iowa games and just live a quote unquote normal life that we kind of joke about. There are absolutely times, especially for me, I always joke with friends back home. For me, my burnout period hits the first week of September when yeah. Iowa football starts up and when my buddies are going to games, whether they're in Ames or they're in Iowa city and, and sending me Snapchats and pictures from tailgates and I'm getting ready for a race or we're racing. And, or really when I was playing, when we're racing, that's, I, I struggle focusing sometimes. That, I, I was the same way. Um, it's just, is it's always harder for me to focus on racing when, the other stuff starts because mm -hmm. well now it's because of my career and I just there's only so many hours in a day but that that made it difficult. Do you? I mean, are you at the point now where you're 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 like a lifer? It's not necessarily in your current spot, but like because the thing about racing is what once you're in, you're usually in. And I was listening to the Dale Jr. download this week with a bunch of them who were like 30, 40 year veterans in the racing business and. Like, do you love it that much where you think you want to be doing this when you're in your 50s and 60s? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe in this role, I'd like to some at some point transition to the promoting side of things. I, that, that really fascinates me. I feel like there's a lot left at a lot of racetracks across America that have a lot of potential that yeah. maybe aren't capitalizing on that because they just aren't thinking quite outside the box. Nothing. I'm in a unique position because I get to travel and I get to get, take ideas from different racetracks that I see, hey, this works here in Ohio, this works in PA, this works in Iowa. Why can't we do this at XYZ racetrack? I, I'd like to do that at some point, slow down and not be on the road a hundred yeah. and some odd nights a year for sure. Well, if you but I don't know fill in, I, I can help you out. I got I'll, a recommendation. Yeah. yeah. I'll drive to Ohio and, and knock out a couple, couple beautiful Attica, Ohio. <laughs> Is that where you're at right now? That's where we're going tonight. And no one stoplight in town and, Oh yeah, grounds. It's a it's a neat place. That's the cool part about uh, some my deal. My uncle and I used to. He had a motorhome, and it, we'd go for weeks at a time and just follow the late model series around when we were kids. Like these aren't. You're not in extravagant places. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not where like the great, great dirt tracks. Like I, I mean, I like Wheatland. That may be my favorite. Uh, Wheatland, Missouri is the Lucas Oil Raceway. The diamond racetracks. Great, great, great late model track. And my dad and I went to it uh, for the show me last year. And I we had never been there. And we pulled up on the thing. And I and I kind of like, and you'd think that I had learned by now. In my mind, I'm like, oh, man, Wheatland, Missouri is this like metropolitan area. It's got this great, <laughs> nope. There's literally nothing in the town uh, except the racetrack. And that's half the places it. you go to. We drove, I've never been to a race at Wheatland, but 
two years ago we raced at Lake Ozark Speedway, which Lake the Ozarks, and then we raced yep. in Kansas the next night. So we drove across southern Missouri there and went through Wheatland of all places. And I couldn't <laughs> it, it, literally Wheatland is the racetrack. <laughs> I mean, that's it. And, and the way and it looks like a NASCAR track. It, it does. It's almost it's almost like they threw a dart at a dartboard and just said, wherever this hits, that's where we're building this racetrack. We just need a lot of land. I completely agree with you, though. So we started our Always Race Day website yeah, during the during the pandemic. Yep, and Connor is Connor runs it for me, and like we've some of the experiences that we've had, and and I I'm, I'm with you about getting some younger guys in the roles that you're talking about. Just trying to get into the pits and get media credentials mm-hmm. at these tracks with like series that you would think would be all about getting as much prom- like we want to be there posting videos with your drivers and promoting this thing and you can't even get an email back or they're making you pay to get in there after yeah. you've driven for five hours to get there it's incredible to me so i think there's especially with what you guys are doing at flow is a fan of the sport there's never been more potential and then as a businessman and all this it's just for sponsorships like you can charge more now like i was watching yeah. the mlra in davenport last night and like, great race there yeah it was an awesome race and my guy do you know billy rock do you know my guy billy rock i don't was he announcing yeah so he's an old I, adams county speedway guy good. like me yeah I, I sent michael rigsby a text last night as i was watching the mlra race i said who's announcing this mlra race like he he knows his stuff he was entertaining yep. and michael we said used to, i'm not sure he's we good. used to announce together in corning me and billy okay Martin. He's from my hometown. Yeah, so he has your role with the MLRA uh, for the for the Lucas Oil. But it's just, there's to me, there's just so much untapped potential, too, in just across the board with this. And, like, I, I just, um, I, the the hard part is, is these jobs are so difficult to, to make money in. Like, there's they just are. only so much money in racing. But I do you think, do you get the sense when you travel around that people are open to new ideas? finally I feel like we're starting to crack that shell a little bit. I mean, two or three decades too late, but as you know, dirt track racing has always been very, very slow to evolve on that side of things. Like we're very stuck in our ways. This is how we've done it for 50 years. Why do we need to change? And sometimes I hate that. And then sometimes I have to remind myself, Hey, I'm being that way. I need to open up a little bit and, and give some, let some people do their job. Do you guys do you guys still get any I don't know bad feedback from Flow being like you're putting the races on TV and now nobody's going to come? Do you get that? <laughs> Occasionally, yeah, and I just oh, I could vent I could vent on that Chris for an hour on how I don't think that it affects the crowd at all. I think it honestly helped it to me. If you run a good show, Marshalltown Speedway is a prime example of that. I get stopped by people all over the country, sprint car people, sprint cars don't rate. Marshalltown doesn't have any open wheel shows. Of, and they tell me how awesome Marshalltown is and how they got to get there. And without the advent of speed shift and now into flow racing, they'd have no idea what Marshalltown Speedway was. It'd just be this local Friday night track in Marshalltown, Iowa, that is an hour North of Knoxville. And they have no reason to ever know what it is. That's why I ended up, like wanted to go to Wheatland so bad because I'd seen the diamond of dirt track. Oh my God. I got to see this for myself. Yeah, you're right. And I, the, 
the thing about it, so like when again when I was a kid, I keep referencing my childhood, but you would we were big Billy Moyer fans, still am. I always call him Dirt Track Jesus. <laughs> um but we would clamor to go all over the country to find um wherever Moyer was racing, right? Well what what you guys at Flow and to an extent Dirt Vision have done for me is now I have constant exposure mm-hmm. to these names and your sponsors, you know, from yeah. a business standpoint to your sponsors that, you know, when you, when you see them once or twice a year, uh, it, it really doesn't stick. There's nothing sticky marketing wise about that. But now like last night I was fascinated and this is so geeky inside late model racing. I wanted to see how Brandon Shepard did, you know, because he's off on his own. He's away from Rocket. He's doing his own thing. Last time I watched him at the Spring Nationals, he didn't make the show in the MLRA, and I was just like, oh, yeah, Shepard didn't make the show. It was like a huge deal. I wanted to see, like, my point is if I couldn't have watched that, I wouldn't have given a shit about this storyline going into it. And it's kind of like Major League Baseball in a way, what you do, because mm-hmm. every night is a different episode of the soap opera and now i'm open to that and, and racing fans all over the country are open. it just makes it so much more appealing and it sure as hell not going to stop me from going to you guys go to knoxville this year right yep we're at knoxville okay. on july 29th yeah and like your series five years ago i wouldn't have known 90 percent of the drivers i just wouldn't have because i don't have that exposure to it. well now it's like man i want to i want to go and see these guys it's it's been pretty incredible. I talked to a lot of fans that'll tell me the pandemic was so big of in that June 2020 time frame, we were racing we were racing every night almost in June there for for 10 to 12 days because we were just trying to get races in to to yeah. get to our minimum number for flow thinking man, we can get shut down any night so we were in Texas, Oklahoma and the outlaws were hardly racing, late models weren't going. We were the only show in town. So I think we we grew up our fan base a lot during the pandemic of people got to know our drivers know who drives what way and guys created a lot of fans. And I think that really helped it. And in return, they sell merchandise because of the Absolutely. TV broadcasts. And um, it's, it's, it's incredible. I, I just think that I, I first caught on with the dirt on dirt guys. So, you can tell those guys that you got this guy in Iowa who's just like obsessed with. I'm so jealous. That. Like that, I, I'm so jealous that I didn't come up with the idea that they did. And it's genius, just, yeah. It in these niche sports, man. Like, I mean, it's no, it's really no different than what I did with Cyclone Fanatic. Absolutely. I mean, same thing. Yeah, it's niche. You get some sponsors that really care about it, and you have a devoted group of fans. And you don't have to have four million people watching like a NASCAR race. No, we need a couple hundred, and we have far more than that on flow, yeah. thankfully. But yeah, yeah, I mean, but our broadcasts have come a long way. I remember, I remember oh, working great. some dirt on dirt broadcasts in like 2000. Oh, it would have been 2009, 10 when they'd come to Knoxville mm-hmm. and where we are now compared to where we were then. I mean, the internet's just better too, and that allows you technology evolved, as you know, and that allows you to do so much more. But I mean, shit, you guys have like, yeah, like drones. We got yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we'll have a drone tonight, but yeah, we had a drone at most of our races last year, and that just brings so many cool, unique views to these racetracks. I love when the drones are there because 
you can probably appreciate this. I'm a nerd. Oh, if yeah. there's a racetrack I've never been to, I like seeing the footprint of the racetrack, how it works. Where's the pit gate? How do they roll into the racetrack? Little things like that. Where do the fans park? Before Absolutely. a drone, you never saw that. Yeah, I actually first noticed it at a race last year in Marshalltown because it's such a small track. And all of a sudden, this, you know, the guy who was like flying it was right next to me. Oh, that's crazy. My seat was, yeah, yeah. My seat was over there in like turn one. And then, yeah, whatever. Um, well, the drone back at our flow racing night in America race, I hope, because last year I did a piece on the on the on the uh, the basketball arena over there. They showed they flipped to it in you know, the roundhouse. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it's I like highlighting these small towns, too. It's 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 really cool. I'm a huge fan of what you guys are doing. So tell me about so we're but we, we, we come from the Keith Murphy coaching tree. What's the most embarrassing thing Murph made you do? Oh, boy, I. I don't I'm terrible about remembering stories. I I enjoyed my I enjoyed my time there. I mean, I think the the toughest time there was was Hassel and I going to state softball. And, you know, it's 95 degrees in Fort Dodge, Iowa and I'm nervous cuz I'm nervous I'm nervous about missing, you know, a one one nothing game. Do I miss the only run? I mean, you're the yeah. intern trying to carry it. Hassel got pulled over on the way back and got a ticket for speeding on the way back from Fort Dodge. I remember that. My first day, I my first day I had to go to Central to do a piece on their softball program with the Iceborg. And I was texting Hassel about the Iceborg yes. yesterday because I said, I did not have the Iceborg reference on my bingo card for <laughs> two guys named Chris. Yesterday's episode was all over the place. Oh, it was I I I listened to it as I was driving to Columbus last night. We went to a hockey game with a couple of coworkers, so I listened to it on the drive over and the last half hour just had me in tears. I mean, it was all over the map. You didn't have Iceborg potentially taking a dump on a picnic table. Yeah. In a Clorinda, Iowa city park. No, I did not. But that and oh the Fond memories of shooting baseball. A lot of, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, the summer you're doing iCubs games, high school baseball. Yeah. You're doing the stuff that Hassel doesn't want to do some of the times or, or Zach for that matter. Honestly, it, I don't know what this says about me as a human. Maybe I'm just lazy, but the one, mu- well, I love Murph. Like Murph's one of my he is awesome. closest friends to this day. One summer there made me never want to do TV. Uh, I'll say that. I, I, when I was in college, you and I, that's what I was going to school for. I wanted to work yeah. in TV and, and that showed me like, it's kind of ironic now when I look back on it, that showed me, man, I just, I don't know if I want to work these hours that Keith's got to work. You know, we're, we were leaving no. at midnight every night. And then I joked to my parents, now here I am, I'm working in dirt track racing, but, and I'm leaving yeah. a racetrack at midnight, driving to a hotel till 2 a.m. But, but you, yeah. you've chased and you've stuck out your passion and that's, yeah, that's very true. Something I really admire about you. And that's why I kind of like during the pandemic, I'm looking around like, what the hell are we going to do? So we just got this idea to create always race day. And it it's Connor does a really good job. He it's does. just so hard in auto racing. Like it's just so there's only so much money. Right. And it's so very, very niche that it, it's hard to just create something like we're trying to do. But the racing thing, it's like in your blood or it's not like I can't mm-hmm. really describe it. Like we, I'm always like, taking my buddies to race and they always have a good time, right? Like I've never taken a guy to a race 
And he's like, well, that sucked. They always <laughs> enjoy it. But th- to infiltrate them to pay attention on a night-to-night basis is a totally different deal. But I agree with you. I do feel like motor racing in general, because of the pandemic, has taken a big step up the rung. Do you feel that on a local level? Absolutely agree. I saw our crowds on the rise for a couple of years, car counts, and we're finally getting some races that pay what they need to be paying, too, with the advent of Flow Racing Night in America, the High Limit Sprint Car Series, our All-Star Series. I look, I mean, boy, our purse has gone up probably 20% since then, just on races paying more fans. And that's how, honestly, like, the fans being at the racetrack, I always say we got to have the fans at the racetrack. That's what allows us to pay more. This the, the flow thing is kind of a asterisk on the side that maybe can allow a little bit. But the fans in the stands are what really you know, butter our bread. Well, and that's it's always been interesting to me, too, because I remember when I was a kid, it was like a big deal if a race paid 10000 to win. Yeah. Right. And now it's like that's still kind of just like the standard like late model deal at least like 10 so like the expenses have gone up the traveling's gone up but the purses really hadn't for a long time so we're we're on the precipice i feel like we're gonna get more national sponsors i feel like in into the field and i'm looking forward to that just just as a fan do you do you what, what i guess what's next for for this because i mean you I can turn on flow and I can watch 15 different races on a random Thursday night. Like it's last incredible. night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tonight's going to be Marshalltown and Davenport last night and Delaware was racing last night on flow. Yeah. It's, it's quite overwhelming, like in the best way possible. What's next for the industry? I feel like we can go podcasting more. I feel like we, what, but what, what do you think? Where, where is the next big boom coming? Boy, that's hard to tell. I, I feel like we're finally, you mentioned it, we're finally on the rise, which is great. We need to be there. I feel like, I don't know, I don't necessarily feel that live TV is really the way to go with dirt track racing. It's tough because NASCAR can rain out and they can or have a rain delay, drive the racetrack and race an hour later, where us, if we get rain, it's sometimes more than an hour and it's so expensive. But I do feel like on the media side of things, we're finally growing and flow flow dirt vision allowing us to do some interest pieces to develop these superstars that have kind of been undeveloped for years and get to know these guys off the track on the track it's hard to say what the next big boom is but i feel like it's somewhere it's hidden within what we're doing right now i feel like we're probably overlooking what our next boom is what's your uh okay you can't say boone marshalltown or knoxville what's your favorite track kokomo oh interesting i love kokomo that's, seen it on flow. I haven't been it, there. Well, you'll see it on flow. May second, the High Limit Sprint Car Series goes there okay. for twenty three grand. I'll I'll go up for that. Oh boy, Eldora. I mean, I it's I have a hard time saying Eldora because I'll group it in with that same Marshalltown. I yeah. mean, that's become yeah. my pseudo home track now because Tony owns it, and I'm over there so often. I mean, most of our races I'm at Eldora as long as the All Stars aren't racing. I'm usually there in some capacity. I love Kokomo. Really, the bull rings. Macon's a cool little track in Illinois that when we go there, we're turning nine-second laps. It's wow. it's insane. Yeah. Fifth yeah. mile. The late models go there. They'll be on yeah, flow this always, summer. Lucas, Lucas goes there. They have a one of their um, Hell Tour races there. Quite yeah, the Hell, yep, Hell Tour's there. Herald and Review 100, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I, that's the tour that I used to good. like to follow. It, oh, Hell Tour. 
Billy dominated the Hell Tour. Yeah, he's the that he was the guy. He that is was the Hell deal. Tour. So that's Shannon what we Babb. would do. We would just roll with them because you knew Moyer was going to be there. Yeah, Shannon. Now Shannon's got over a hundred wins. I was hoping Shannon was going to win last. I was happy to see one of the Simpsons win last night. You know, Iowa yeah. guys, but Shannon. Are you I, a gu- I, I feel like you'd probably be a Ryan Gustin guy. I mean, I like seeing I, Ryan. Never raced a ton. He kind of went the USRA route instead of the uh-huh. IMCA route. And I was more IMCA with Boone Marshalltown, but I gotcha. like seeing him do well because boy, I've announced his you know Jimmy and Janae and Richie announced hundreds of their races over the years. Yeah, I I saw Gustin. He's still to this day put put on one of the best shows I've ever seen. It was at the Silver Dollar Nationals at I eighty. Okay, God, ten twelve years ago. He had just gotten in a late model like a year before, and I want to say he passed twenty cars. I think <laughs> he, he got wheel. second. He can like, wheel. It, it was incredible. Like because the thing was, I knew who he was. Nobody in that crowd really knew this guy, other than Unless the real USMTS fans. Correct. Yeah. Well, and he had a USMTS car there too, so they were the support show. Okay. For the late models for the Lucas Oil. And Gustin put on like, and he he did that last night too. He was in the Talking. mix last night until he got that my flat right rear. I think it was. He jumped the cushion, got over. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, okay, so your real passion is the is the Hawks. I wanted to talk about this uh, along with the Murphy thing. So where are you at on on Iowa right now? Are you um, if, if the Iowa thing feels interesting to me because when I was doing talk radio in Des Moines. Y'all won like 10 games two years ago, and everybody was just pissed. And here <laughs> I, I am, like, I just like would kill for a 10-win season. And you guys I, are like, oh, this whole thing sucks. We can't play offense. Uh, we just won this bowl game. It doesn't matter. I just feel like your fan base, Blake, I, you guys are never happy with anything. I, I agree. I, the whole offensive coordinator deal with Brian Ferentz drives me insane. Everyone, I'm like – for for twenty years, our we could have Nick Saban running our offense, and it's going to look the same. Like it's it is yeah. what it is. Unfortunately, like that's we just I was built on defense and and punting is winning. But yeah, I I think growing up I'd have been frustrated. But as I've gotten older, I don't know. I've listened to my dad harp on me for years of you need to appreciate it because dad was going to Iowa City in the seventies, sixties, and seventies when you know Frank Lauderber is going zero and eleven. So. He yeah. appreciates it, but I still get mad when they lose. I don't handle when they lose very well. I'll admit it. I, I get it doesn't ruin my day like it used to when I was growing up, and we'd have a car. We had football season tickets going home or growing up, so the drive back to Newton was an hour, and I got a lot of drives. So it wasn't pleasant because I was in a bad mood. My mom was mad at me because I was in a bad mood because the Hawks lost, and she would be pretty upset with me for letting that affect my day. Oh. Now it's like an hour, and I'm. Unless it's a unfortunate, unless it's an Iowa State loss, then I'm like, that that really grinds Wait, my gears. I I get it when when the little brother starts just tweaking you a little bit, like we yeah, like it's like when, it's like the Nebraska loss this year. I Chris Krug that announces Knoxville, huge huge Nebraska fan. He was gives me a hard time about them. When I say every once in a while, you got to let little brother win. <laughs> you know, seven in a row gets boring. Like it's when little brother starts kicking your ass all the time is when it becomes yeah. a problem. And, and the, but, yeah. The rise of the rise of Iowa State athletics the last decade has been impressive to me. I mean, you look at where Iowa State was, say, in 2008 to where they are now, 15 years. It's a totally different – I was telling Hassel this on our show yesterday that, like, he said he hadn't been to Trice in 10 years. Have you been to Trice lately? 
No, I'd say the, it's it's probably been yeah ten years since I was in college. I'd say you'd be shocked. Was, I like mean, it, I my my brother it I guess like a totally different place. I've been to Ames, but not to a game there. My brother graduated vet school at Iowa State in 2019, so I was oh, okay. back. I came back for his graduation, and that was it right there at the graduation. Was there at the CY Stevens? I think it was. Or yep. CY Stevens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it just it's totally different. Like it it doesn't even look like the same stadium, the same setup. Well, now you got that bridge. College. The bridge is elite. Honestly, I get a little chubby every time I drive underneath it. <laughs> my, 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 three of my high school buddies that we're all really close. We talk every day. They're they're three Iowa State fans, so I hear it from them all the time. And I text them yesterday. I said, "Guys, I don't know if you've watched two guys named Chris today, but a lot of bridge talk, a lot of bridge talk." And that was a mistake right out of the gates. Right out of the gates, mistake. I shouldn't even have brought it up. It's so funny that that thing is like because it is a cool bridge. It looks cool, like. It, it's it's neat. Like when you drive in there, it, it and it's dark, and that thing's all lit up, lit and you up. got the stadium. It is beautiful. What a but welcome thing, to campus, too. I mean, it's yeah. Kind of- that well, that's the whole point of it. Is they they did this whole deal like ten years ago where they got a grant by the Reman Reman Gardens family the gardens to, and they wanted to beautify the entrance to campus or something like that. And they've really done that. But then this bridge thing took on a life of its own. Like everybody, like it, it has its own Twitter feed. I mean, I There's, saw you were hating on the Baylor Bridge just an hour ago. Yeah, it's disgusting. Or the Come river. On. It's a hor- Like it's a smelly river. There's probably dead bodies in it. It's I mean, horrible. the Iowa River is probably the same way on, <laughs> on the campus of the University of Iowa. I mean, I through the uh, years stopped on the. You couldn't pay me to swim in that river. I'll say that oh, much. God, no. Is that the river that the kids won't cross to go to the basketball games? Yeah, that is the one that they will not cross to go to the basketball games. I don't blame them. I mean, that river's disgusting. (laughs) Everything's beautiful in Iowa City outside of that river. It's not beautiful in Iowa City. Uh, It's a wonderful town. I feel like we need to have part part two of this. So I grew up an Iowa fan, but I didn't like my visit there. But but you got to realize – I grew up in small town Iowa where like, you know, cornfields everywhere. Like Iowa city felt like a city to me. Yeah. Once I was like going there and considering living there where Ames, it just felt like it, I, I can see why, like demographically, why people choose to go like, or Ames, obviously with the agriculture, there's more people that are interested in going to Iowa state, but like, I don't think I could have made it to Iowa. Oh, that's Honestly. I grew, I mean, grew up Iowa fan, die hard, and I always wanted to go to Iowa. And my mom was just adamant: "You're not going to the University of Iowa. You are not. You're not going to survive." I don't I, think I, I could have. I'm a very social person, so <laughs> college a lot for me was going out, and you know, it was going out first, studying. Where second. did you go? I went to UNI, so I graduated. Oh yeah, in yeah, yeah. You said that. Okay. So I told my mom I graduated. Yeah. It, it, but oh, so you're one of those purple hawks. That's what people say. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> I I went to you and I and and you and I was perfect for me, honestly. Like it, I wanted to go to a big school and live that you know the bigger school life. I didn't want to go to a small school, but yeah. it allowed me to kind of get that. But my ma- major e media there and broadcasting was small enough that I could focus because I'm a little scatterbrained. I get it. I get it. I feel like we're kind of uh, kindred spirits here. Yeah. Like, so, well. I I really appreciate your time. This was a blast for me. Um, you're you're considerably younger than me, but I you're a guy who 
like I didn't know we had all these like connections in our past until recently, but I've watched you. I have uh, been a I, I'm an admirer of anybody who can hack it in the motor racing because I know I I couldn't have, and it's just I'm I'm so passionate about it, and I love what you guys are doing across the board and anything I can do in my small little way to help grow your sport. Just let me know. Okay. We appreciate it. Hopefully we'll get you to flow racing night in America at Marshalltown here. Well, I think May 12th, I want to say, Oh man, if you're outlaws like, at Knoxville next weekend, is that next week? Oh That's man, I got weekend. a, I got a big racing weekend because then the SLMR is at Stewart, the yes, late models I, I on saw Sunday. That, Stewart at late late models at Stewart. There's 360 sprint cars at Stewart later this year. So too. you're telling me I go racing three nights next weekend. Yeah, all within an hour of where I live. An hour at home. Yeah, That's I'll be back home for Knoxville next week. So now you're there. speaking my language. Yeah, now you're speaking my language. Dingus is calling. Well, Dingus Bush, State. Bush, I couldn't be more in. We got <laughs> someone's got to do quality control on Bush Light there. Make sure they're serving it cold. <laughs> I'm your man. I'm uh, your man. I'll I, uh, be there. And you, you tell it'll creep them out. But you tell your uh, your late model guys at Flow that this, uh, I'd probably be like awestruck by those guys. They, those are my. Uh, we'll have to get you. I mean, you need to come to our Flow. Come hang out at our Flow Racing Night in America race. Rigsby won't be there, but DJ and Ben will be I'll, there. Oh, I'll be there for sure. Last come year, hang out with me in the infield. Well, last year I uh, I pulled my truck up about three hours before the gates open, and I just sat drink bush light in the back of my truck leading I didn't up to even, the race. I wouldn't even know, I didn't even know, I mean I was yeah. all well, over Well you that. can't miss it. It's this yeah. giant cyclone fanatic truck like it's I probably tried to try try to tune it out honestly. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. All <laughs> right brother. Well, thank you again. Uh you got a great story. I'm glad we could kind of help it. tell it here tonight. You can watch Blake and the All-Stars all summer long on Flow Racing and that actually too, correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of wrestling fans in the state. Yeah. If you have a Flow Wrestling, it's the same subscription, right? You, I watched wrestling all winter long on Flow, and it, it, I think we got 25 sports on Flow. It's incredible. Sports, it's amazing. And it they gets are brilliant. All of it. What they've done, compiling all of these niche sports and focusing on things that people are super passionate about but don't get the coverage in the mainstream yep. media. It's a brilliant business model. Shoot, shoot, last year I watched Drake at their postseason tournament in Daytona. That was on Flow, on Flow yeah. Hoops. Yeah, they, they'll they take those like uh, really small women's um, – I watched can, Iowa State women. They were Columbia playing in some tournament. Athletic and, League, I want to say. Yeah, men's I don't even contract. know. I mean, they got – Yeah, the, it's a great baseball. business model. Uh, you're working with really smart people. So, Blake, thank you so much for your time, man. We'll be in touch, all right? I'm gonna, Appreciate it. I'm going to bother you to live vicariously through you here now that we've got each other's contact information. You always got this with me, so I'm always a call or text away. All right, brother. I'll be watching you tonight. His name is Blake Anderson. He does the marketing and announcing for the Tony Stewart All-Star Sprint Car Series. All right, a really quick teaser Next week's podcast is one you're not going to want to miss. It is the reunion show with Ross Peterson. Uh, we the reunion show. We we didn't break up. I left KXNO about a year ago from now, and Ross is going to come in, and we are going to catch up on everything over the last year. That could be like a three hour podcast. I'm just warning you. Thanks to everybody for watching and listening here on Iowa Everywhere. Hope you have an awesome weekend. Iowa Everywhere.